Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me, I have got special guests. I've got Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy. How are you, ladies? Uh, blocked on the Instagram. What to do? <laughs> I am the world's greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag wag up at Christie forever. <laughs> uh, we have Jesse and we have got Emma. Hello, ladies. How are you? Well, that's not exciting as it was before. <laughs> Well, one of you's got to be the baddie, though. (laughs) If one of you's Colleen, what that means one of you's got to be Rebecca. Um, Emma, I'm selling all of your secrets to the sun. No, goddammit, not again. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling them them that you don't sort your your laundry before washing. Oh, no. Um, And, uh, um, God, I have boring secrets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when you recycle, you don't sort the cardboard from the glass. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jessie revealing her own secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow, front page news. <laughs> uh, as a follower of both Emma and Jessie on Instagram, I can assure you that um, if you follow Jessie uh, sort of with photos of the dogs being leaked to the sun, and if you follow Emma, it would be, be photographs of food on markets being leased to the sun. So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That would be pretty much all it would be. Um, you can follow our private Instagrams, clearly, <gasps> where we block each other to try to see, you know, what the other one is really doing. Yeah. Wait, so if I can see both of yours, am I, uh, am I the only one that can see both of yours because you <gasps> both blocked everybody else? <gasps> and we found the leaker. It's me. <laughs> I always knew it was you, Chris. <laughs> Rebecca Vardy the whole time. <laughs> uh, was yesterday the greatest day on Twitter ever? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So for anybody that has been living under some sort of moon rock for um, for the last sort of 48 hours or so, Colleen Rooney on, uh, what are we talking, two days ago, so that would be Wednesday, she released a statement um, talking about how she has basically blocked everybody on Instagram because she felt that uh, it was her stories were being leaked to the press uh, and made up a load of nonsense, uh, and it's still getting leaked to the press, but she unblocked one person only one person remained unblocked and she said it's dot 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 rebecca vardy's account well that was the greatest mic drop moment ever wasn't it did anyone read to the bottom of the um bottom of her message before reading the rest of it you know no because i saw it i usually try to check the news in the morning to make sure that the world didn't end while i was sleeping (laughs) so and look sometimes it does so i I just saw hashtag Wagatha Christie trending, and I was like, that doesn't seem like a Trump thing unless he spelled something wrong. Like, it could be. Maybe he was trying to spell, like, 
you know, Ukraine and oops, <laughs> I don't know. So I clicked on that and, and then it, that gave it away. Mm. Unfortunately. Did you read the statement though? I mean, did you? Sort of... I did. It was amazing. I mean, why doesn't she write like, you know, suspense novels? That was fantastic because I, I didn't really know. I just saw that both their names were trending and I didn't know why. So then I clicked on her profile and I started reading from sort of top to bottom. And it was sort of had me grip the more and more I read on. It was just unbelievable stuff. And then that sort of at the end, it's dot, dot, dot. Because she never said it's Rebecca Varney, did she? She said it's Rebecca Varney's account. No, she built that suspense so well. She definitely took like, you know, an advanced literature class in high school. Definitely. Emma, did you read this? I did. It was the greatest thing I've read for a long time. It's the best piece of investigative journalism, <laughs> like, for years. It's incredible. <laughs> you know what I appreciate, too? Like, she didn't bother to get her lawyers to call the sun. She didn't bother to, like, I don't know, sue them. She did the legwork, this woman. Yes. Are any of you aware of uh, Guardian uh, columnist Marina Hyde? Yeah, she's, yeah. Uh, Marina Hyde, she's amazing. Have you read her column this week on the situation? No. Um, but now you need to end this podcast immediately so I can do that. <laughs> uh, you should do, because he talks about the fact that not only has Colleen Rooney played the actual sort of long game since January on this, she's also brought up four children at the same time. Uh, so she's been sort of creating these fake I stories. Think five. Five, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, does that include Wayne? <laughs> oh no, Rebecca has five. <laughs> so yeah, that talks about the fact that um, she's come up with these sort of scheming ideas of gender selection in Mexico and uh, the sort of house being flooded while she's getting children's homework ready and getting their shoes ready and cooking and dinner and stuff. How you know, sort of how badass is she? Yeah, no, she's. I think she's our new. She's probably your new prime minister. That would be good, wouldn't it? You could do worse. You are doing worse. <laughs> we are doing worse. <laughs> 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 yeah, definitely. Uh, so Rebecca Vardy has denied it, as she's got every right to. She's flown back early from a holiday in Dubai. Um, I don't know if she's brought Jamie with her, but uh, she's come back and she's hired a crack team of um, IT people to come back and prove it wasn't actually her, because she said a few people have access to her account. Uh, are you two aware of Danielle Lloyd? No. Yeah, as of yesterday, I am. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm not caught up. Yeah. She... I saw some things that I did not want to do. <laughs> did you look at Pringles in a different way? Uh, yeah, I, I will never eat them ever again. That was, that was <laughs> awful. Okay, Jesse, uh, Danielle Lloyd is a former model. Uh, she has been known to date the odd footballer or two. I think she might have dated Jermaine you know, Defoe in the back. You know? Well, exactly. Uh, she's also fairly well known for going on Big Brother and having sort of a part in a rather sort of unsavoury racist episode with Hollywood actress Sue Pachetti. Uh, she's come out and said that she has had similar experiences too with Rebecca Vardy. Um, a couple of years ago, she was also famous for uh, her husband eating Pringles from inside her body. Nope. No, I don't <laughs> like it. No, yeah. thank you. Do not search Rebecca Vardy. Uh, do not search Daniel Lloyd and Pringles on no. Twitter. No. You will not no. like what you see. I had nightmares last night. I had lots and lots of questions last night about that. That was just the most bizarre thing I've seen. I have all sorts of questions that I really don't want to ask on air. <laughs> I very much... I, I encourage people to have 
healthy and active, consensual sex lives, go for it. But that doesn't seem hygienic. <laughs> no. <laughs> so basically her husband took a selfie of himself eating Pringles. Uh, no. And it got and her cloud got hacked uh, and that's been leaked. So Was it by Rebecca Vardy? <gasps> oh, imagine. For legal reasons, I'm not saying that it was. That was a question, wasn't it, rather than a statement? Can you imagine what Rebecca Vardy and Kareem Benzema could do together? (laughs) Oh, oh no. (laughs) Do you think Rebecca Vardy lives in a house, or does she live in a sort of bottom of a volcano? Like (laughs) Hank Scorpio. (laughs) Um, And in the week that couldn't get any more bizarre, Sean Harvey, who is the former head of the English Football League, uh, former chief executive of the English Football League, said that he wanted to do the EFL, the League Cup draw, from the uh, International Space Station. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, they had talks about doing it from the International Space Station, which would be a spectacular thing. Do you know where they ended up doing the, uh, the draw from? Um, Rebecca Vardy's volcano. No, it was the it was the car park of a supermarket, <laughs> which is like the same thing, basically. So, uh, you know, this is all about sort of aiming high and maybe achieving something else. Is that where the British space program is run from, or? I can imagine a car park. Supermarket car park. You can't park here. There's a space shuttle here. <laughs> I mean, maybe his plan all along was to hold it in a supermarket car park, but he didn't want to go in any lower than the space station in case he had sort of ended up having it in a rubbish tip or something. I don't know. But that, again, was on Wednesday that news was uh, leaked. So Wednesday was a very, very bizarre day. You know what I appreciate about that? Like, you could multitask, you know, because if you need groceries, mm. you could get a lot of things done at once. Well, who doesn't want to watch a cup draw and not pick up a bag of apples at the same time? Right. Yeah. Right. Multitasking, all yeah. about that. This yeah. is, this is what Greta Thunberg would like want. And also, we're out of toast. Yes. This is the sort of thing Greta Thunberg would be after, because all those people doing the draw then didn't have to drive to a supermarket oh. to buy food. Yes. Yes. They, they basically, they're combating climate change through a cup jar. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and people say that the Football League is a progressive body. Hey, they... What's more progressive than that? <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, Leon um, sacked Silvino at the weekend, uh, and they're looking to they were looking to bring in Jose Mourinho, um, but their president Jean Michel Aulas uh, he said that he did not accept our proposal to meet, as he has already chosen another club. Jesse, is he off to Tottenham Hotspur? Oh God. Um... Mm. You know, I still, I, I know that we suck. I know, I know things have been terrible, but we're used to being terrible and we're used to sucking. And I think we should be terrible and suck with Mauricio Pochettino. I don't like change, you guys. No? No, I don't. So you don't think he's going to, you don't think Pochettino is going to go to Manchester United at the end of the season and there's a Jose-shaped hole in North London? No. No, he probably will. Let's face it. He will. Everything will be awful. Um, he'll probably, you know, have them win the league. And uh, we'll finish in eighth. 
Uh, come the end of the season, will there be a Jose-shaped hole in Barcelona? No, there never will be. <laughs> How dare you? He's a returning club legend. He's a, he was the best translator you've ever had. <laughs> best translator we've ever had. <laughs> I think he's sort of burnt his bridges there, didn't he? Because was he turned down when Pep originally got the job? Yeah, and then when we appointed uh, Tito Villanova, he decided it'd be a really good idea to poke him in the eye on the in the touchline <laughs> when he was manager of Real Madrid, which was an interesting episode. Well, more interesting when they played Atletico Madrid and Borgio said, I'm not Tito, I'll poke your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> I would never mess with him, though. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, you can tell it's International Week because I haven't really got an awful lot of actual football to talk about, but we'll keep going. Um, where else have we got? Roberto Carlos uh, talking about his... Um, I realise what I've done here. I've started my notes on page three rather than on page one, so we're not talking about football at the moment. So we'll get we'll get on to that in a minute, so you have to forgive me. Uh, Roberto Carlos talking about Glatzko's managers. Um, he was talking about Jose Antonio Camacho. Um, he went... Uh, the reason the players revolted against him is that um, he brought the training from a 10.30 start to a 7am start. Yeah, that is quite early, isn't it? So I just, I mean, 7 a.m., I would need, like, to go to bed at 7 before and have a lot of coffee. But that's just me. That is just socially unacceptable. Right, I know. Well, you've got a proper job looking after actual children, haven't you? (laughs) It's not as important as winning football matches. It's not, no. It's probably more important than having your photo taken, isn't it, Emma? Oh, of course. (laughs) That's really mean, I'm sorry. I um, take my job, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's only same, so much sort of travelling you know, sun you can take. You rely on her for jobs when we both move to Spain. You better be nice. Oh, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, is I there, know some people, it's okay. Is there much talk, is there, is there sort of a market out there for a sort of middle-aged man who's slightly overweight with a beard as a model? There is, you know, jobs for all kinds of people, Chris. Yeah? Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Someone asked me if there was a market for them being a hand model. Uh, someone asked me if there was a market for um, somebody who wanted to model like um, like medical stuff, like bandages and supports and that kind of stuff. So you look like Mr. Bump. I'll, I'll talk to my agent. I'm pretty sure there is. Emma, I would like to model um, coffee mugs. Oh, my God, that would be the dream job right there. <laughs> yeah, I will fight you for that. I would like to be a model while I drink my coffee. So that's, yeah, just putting that out there. Are there seriously oh, jobs for models with, like, beautiful hands that model just rings or washes or something? Is that a thing? Yeah, for real. No, that's a real thing, but I think you always have to wear gloves and, like, be very careful not to get scars, and I'm already, you know. That's true. And I've already gone beyond that. Yeah, you have to have perfect hands. Yeah. Unblemished. My years of pushing pens in an office are going to count against me on that. Yeah. Uh, Also, Roberto Carlos said that they got rid of Waldley Luxembourgo because Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, uh, complained to senior uh, hierarchy in Real Madrid. He complained that Luxembourgo had banned players from having alcohol before match. He wanted them to be professional. How dare he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, pre-match meals uh, were often late for the glass of wine. What are they supposed to drink then? Oh. That's, 
we like how are they supposed to hydrate water Ugh. that's, that's not as good as wine come on <laughs> i mean maybe that explained how sort of that sort of joe de vive they played with does it <laughs> i don't know a few glasses of wine you'd be willing to try a couple of step overs wouldn't you yeah, but I'd break my ankle, so... Oh, you've already broke your knee, so you're, you're already... Okay. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Uh, right, what else have we got as I go through bits of bobs of news? Uh, Mauricio Pochettino, um, quote-unquote, telling my players they are shit won't solve anything, will it? He said this at a conference in Qatar this week. Um, Jesse, was he right to say it? Emma, was he right to say it in Qatar? I, I mean, I don't think there's any right place to say it um and yeah i think he's right i don't i mean i think we saw with jose Mourinho and a lot of other people i i don't believe in um sort of negative reinforcement (laughs) i don't think he's doing anything right but um but i don't think that is the right way to go you know I, i think if you if you motivate your players by telling them they're shit you know that's you're only gonna get somewhere in the short term uh, do they not need to kick at the bum sometime? Yeah, but I don't know if that's the way to go. I mean, you know, I, I think we saw with Jose's last term in, in Man United, I, I don't think they're going to be motivated to work for you. I don't think anybody's going to want to work for somebody who tells them that they're that they're terrible. Okay. Jesse, was you right to say... In, uh, sorry, um, Emma, was you right to say in Qatar? No, there's nothing good about Qatar. No. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible place. Why was he there? Was it something to do with tourism and for the World Cup or something or there was a conference um to do with oh I don't know something to do with football I'm not quite sure what it was to do with but I think uh, other players I think uh Jürgen Klopp's been out there in the past um I, this is not such a it's such a Pochettino thing I think other players or other managers have been guilty of it as well yeah Peporiello takes their money um to represent them yeah uh, yeah it's not no it's a bad place. Don't do that. Yep. No. Okay. Um, right. Should we talk about bad things that happen to women in football this week? <laughs> you mean again? Again. What? <laughs> so we were done with I mean, that. Every every day. <laughs> uh, Mexican club Tigres uh, are looking to give a life ban to a fan who allegedly groped American player uh, Sofia Huerta. Uh, we has anyone seen this? Yeah. Uh, go on. Do you want to explain what happened? Um, no, you can. It's <laughs> <laughs> my fault for asking a close question, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, he asked her for a selfie, put his arm around her, probably a bit too far, and ended up grabbing hold of her left boob, didn't he, uh, mid-selfie. Um, yeah. And a few people have seen this and are not very happy. I don't know what she said about it, but the club are, are looking to give him a, a ban. Um, is that the sort of thing that happens a lot to you ladies, is it? I mean that exact thing. No, um, <laughs> am I not a niche thing? Um, but yeah, I mean, getting touched when you don't want to be, and you know, sort yeah, of. Unfortunately, people. that happens. Yeah, um, and or or you know, sort of people going further than they asked you for. Yeah. Um, it does, and I and I think it probably happens with, you know, professionals, men and women, all the time. Mm. 
and I think that I think that setting I'm 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 sort of very pleasantly um surprised that the club wants to give him a lifetime ban. Um I think that that setting that precedent is important, saying that, you know, consent matters and that respecting players, again, of any gender's bodies matters. Hmm. Good. I can't. With, like with people who run onto the pitch and grab at their players, like the players never look pleased by that. <laughs> it's never a good thing. No. And they can't really sort of give a clipboard to a front of the ear to a five-year-old boy, can they? Right. And again, you know, but, but think about that five-year-old boy, like that five-year-old boy needs to learn that, you know, there are boundaries and there are lines and that there's personal space and how is he going to, or they, how are they going to learn? They're going to learn when they realize that there are rules. Hmm. Because you never know, one day you might become a famous Portuguese footballer. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in other women in football news, former General Secretary of the Afghan Football Association um, and current Asian Football Confederation Executive Committee member, uh, Saeed Ali uh, Reza Agazdada, uh, please apologise to any Afghan or Muslim listeners, I'm very sorry for that, um, he's been banned from all football-related activity for five years by FIFA to, for failing to report and prevent, quote-unquote, sexual abuse suffered by members of the Afghanistan women's national team. Um, I think we've talked about this in the past, haven't we, guys, on this podcast? I think you've talked about it on the Usual Efforts pod, haven't you, Jesse? Yeah, um, so this is, this is um, for me, an example of <laughs> not enough. Um, the Afghan women's national team suffered through years of um, everything from sexual harassment to rape by um, its manager, coach, and staff. And um, the association knew about it. Their captain actually is living in Sweden right now because um, she asked, she had to ask for uh, asylum. Her family was threatened. Um, she's not, it's not safe for her to go back home. Um, there was an expose written that exposed the sort of breadth of um, the the abuse, it went all the way up um, the chain into um, Afghani politics. And, um, you know, I think this is an example where a lifetime ban is the right thing to do. You know, this this was systemic. It is systemic. You know, these women were put in a position of, of danger, as were their families. A five-year ban, not a lifetime ban. Yeah, yeah. Five years for allowing women to be to be raped. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Emma, do you want to say anything on this? Yeah, Jesse's right. I mean, it 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 should be a lifetime ban. That's that's not right. It's how can they think that a five year ban is fair for what women and their families have had to suffer through? No, not at all. Um... And in our third piece of women in football news, uh, Iran. Uh, Iranian women were allowed to attend a World Cup qualifier game in Tehran for the first time in, I think, about 40 years, isn't it? Um, this follows uh, a self-immolation of Saha uh, Kodiari, which you can read about on the Babagol website, babagol.net, which has got a very good account of that. Um, Amnesty International called this a cynical publicity stunt. Um, and... Shireen, I can't remember her Twitter name. Shireen Bedsheets, is it? I can't remember. 
Shireen. Shireen. Yeah, Shireen. Yeah. Um, she was. She quote tweeted the Asian FA and said, "Well done. How proud of yourselves. You must be. You've done nothing." Um, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Because obviously, it's uh, it's highlighting the disparity and the equality in this, uh, and the fact that they were having to sort of weld metal bars to stop either people getting or people getting out in the women's enclosure um i think the iranian players went over to celebrate by that part of the goal didn't they and i know the iranian uh captain men's captain has said some stuff about this because his sister's been quite vocal as well so how do you both feel after this today how do you sort of do you feel this was a step forward or a big leap sideways how do you think i hope that you know even if it is a shameless publicity event, that something good will come out of it. Mm. Um, so yay for Iran for that, but also boo for all the men who are, you know, trying to take that away from women who are feeling empowered there because of that one little thing uh, and trying to make it all about them. Mm. Yeah. Jesse, you talked about Garanica beforehand. Yeah, um, you know, Emma, Emma brought up beforehand that um, Gary Lineker tweeted that um, this is sort of an anomaly that they won't win 14-0 every time. Um, and, um, you know, it felt to me <laughs> unnecessary and condescending that, you know, we know, you know, and, and we, we don't expect that. But also there was no reason for Gary Lineker to insert himself and insert that into the conversation to um, deflate the sales of these women and the players. Um, and I agree completely with Emma that, you know, this is um, a complex situation that, you know, there's a lot to acknowledge here that, you know, the Federation, for whatever reason they're doing this, it's it's progress. Um, people died for this progress. People are still fighting for this progress. Um, the women, you know, they were allowed in the stadium. They they were still sort of put in a, in a caged-off area. Um, and I think they were only, they were only allowed to sell or to, to buy a certain, you know, small percentage of tickets. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but, but there's a reason here to acknowledge that the work was done on the backs of these women and that the players, you know, won this amazing, this, this was a moment to acknowledge the victory on both sides, on the player sides and on the women's side. Do you feel like, do you feel happier than you did at the start of the week about this? Or do you feel like this is a positive step for the future and it's going to be carried on? Or do you feel like this was a publicity stunt like Amnesty International said? Do you feel that the future games women... You know, is this the start of something for women in Iran and maybe elsewhere in the world as well? I think that a lot of things that are done for the wrong reasons can still be positive. So, yeah, I think it was absolutely a publicity stunt, but that still doesn't mean that it's not a good thing, you know, it was a publicity stunt that came about because women pushed and fought and made a lot of noise. Okay. So you're, you're slightly more positive than you were before all this. I'm taking my positivity wherever I can. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we need to, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Emma, 
Mm-hmm. The A-League is back. Yay! Oh. Woo! <laughs> you guys. <laughs> it started this morning. Uh, champions from last year, uh, grand final champions, Sydney FC beat Adelaide United 3-2. Um, 2019 runners at Perth Glory will take on uh, Brisbane Raw um, this weekend and there will be a Melbourne derby as well Melbourne City versus uh, Melbourne Victory um, Brisbane Raw of course managed by Robbie Fowler so that's something for me to keep an eye on something for you guys to keep an eye on uh, Perth Glory's captain Emma is a Spaniard by the name of Diego Castro okay <laughs> he's a left winger as I suppose most people call Castro <laughs> Is the uh, shoe fit? <laughs> that was the daddest of dad jokes. I literally, honestly, if I had the intelligence to sort of think about that, and I, it came to me off the top of my head as I was reading it out, I wish I was that skilled that I thought about it two days ago. Well done. <laughs> uh, Perth Glory course to Jesse, you've got Bruno Fornero, Bruno Forneroli, uh, Uruguayan. How old is he now, can I ask? Oh, he's getting on a bit. He's been out there quite a while, hasn't he? Yeah. He's a very good player. Yeah, but I feel like he's been playing since I was little. Thinking about it, Diego Castro, if he's the one that used to play for Getafe, he also must be about 40. Okay. Maybe, maybe Australia is the new China. Like, it's where players go when they're sort of done but not done. Well, Bruno Fornaroli uh, from Salto in Uruguay is 32. Do you know who else? Oh, really? Do you know who else is from Salto? Um, Edison Cavani. Yes, and Luis Suarez. And Luis Suarez. Uh, hang on, let me just Google Diego Castro while I'm trying to think of a joke about Edison nope. Cavani. <laughs> no, 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 no. You already told me a bad thing about Pringles. <laughs> it's tough for you to say. Yes, it's him. He's 37 years old. Um, yeah, that 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 tracks. Started yeah. at Pontevedra, then went to Malaga, Sporting Gijon, uh, and then Getafe. Yeah. Well done, cranky knowledge there. Sorry, that's I said that in a very garlicky way, didn't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, didn't mean it like that. I will pat myself on the head. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, did you say cranky because it's Australia? Crikey! <laughs> Bloody hell! Look at that. Um, there are two other Uruguayans playing as well for Melbourne City: uh, Javier Carrera and uh, Adrian Luna. Oh. Oh. I thought that he's still playing. Sorry. I love when I find out that my Uruguayans are still playing. Okay, where was he before? Oh, God. He, I think he played in, like, 97 places. Oh, crikey. Yes. Uh, Defensa Sporting. Espanol. Well, <laughs> Espanol, Emma. <laughs> Shlack, is it the Spanish Espanol, or is it the one in South America? Uh, oh, no. It's, uh, it's the Spanish one. Oh. oh. He's there for two years and didn't play a game. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because Good work paid. for him. Yeah, I got paid for <laughs> two years. Uh, where else is he doing other things? Yeah, he went to Veracruz and other such places as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, he a lot of places. He's twenty-seven. Cracky, I'm not even going to pronounce where he's from. Where's he from, Chris? Oh Jesus! Right. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Taki Taki Warembo. Does that make sense? Tacuarembo, which is where my cousin is from. Tacuarembo. Oh, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. Tacuarembo. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can make me and Emma say things in Welsh if you want. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically normal words, just with the vowels taken out. Uh, have you heard of Har- uh, the other guy? The, uh, who is it? Javier, Javier Cabrera. 
<laughs> okay, you're going to have to spell that for me so I can actually know what it is. Javier Cabrera, C-A-B-R-E-R-A. He's from Florida in Uruguay. Florida. Florida. So he played for Montevideo Wanderers, Argentina Juniors, Toluca, and then Argentina, no, then Montevideo Warriors again, and then Melbourne City. Oh, Javi Cabrera, he's also 27. Yeah. I yeah. love when our players go together. There are yeah. two players in uh, at Vancouver Whitecaps who grew up together and then um, now are playing together. No, I don't know him. Yeah. I've got to be honest, uh, from what I've heard on the World Football phoning by Tim Vickery, Uruguay isn't particularly a big place. So if you're not from Montevideo, you probably do know somebody that, in, that lives in the next town because it's probably about the size of your apartment. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's very, it's three and a half million people live there and one and a half million people live in Montevideo. And we, you know, people will do that thing where you say, you know, oh, Uruguay, either... Do you know my friend, you know, Dr. Sanchez, who's from Colombia? And you're like, okay, that's no, that's different. Or do you know my friend Edward? He's from Montevideo. And you're like, no, how rude. Oh, fuck, yes. Yeah, I do. He went to school with my grandpa, actually, and they're having coffee together tomorrow <laughs> because it really is small. My, um, my friend Sharn, who lives in Hastings, um, she just did a a PhD um, program in Uzbekistan, and she met an Uruguayan in Uzbekistan, told him about me, and he knows my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very tiny. That's so cool to be from a place like that, though. I imagine Cornwall is the same way, yeah? Uh, it is, yeah. Everyone is kind of a friend of somebody, and most things are done through some sort of barterous trade like that, yeah. yeah quite nice, in a way. It is, and it is so the total opposite of New York in size and pace that when I get there, it takes me like a day and a half to sort of slow down, mm-hmm. and then I come back here, and I'm I'm completely overwhelmed again, you know, that everything is too fast and too bright and too loud, because Uruguay is still, you know, it's, it's a siesta country and like you see it in our players when they walk off the bus with their mate and you know they're (laughs) like they do pick up after themselves because who else is going to do it like you know there's (laughs) there's you and then there's the other guy and then there's like a cow and that's the country (laughs) sounds fantastic um emma are you aware of peter check's new career yes he is a goaltender for an ice hockey team yeah, uh, the Guildford Phoenix. Is he going to wear two helmets? <laughs> question. I think this is the most important question of all. Like, why not? Like, why is he doing this? Is he having a midlife crisis? This is crazy. <laughs> but is he going to wear his little protective helmet under his proper? ice hockey goalie helmet i've never worn an ice hockey helmet and so i'm guessing that they're quite tight i imagine so i'm gonna say no also if he's having a midlife crisis in his late 30s i'd be quite worried about that i'd want my midlife crisis to be my mid 50s do you think he's doing this because in ice hockey they have great big good helmets ah maybe (laughs) it's the only way he can walk around feeling completely safe (laughs) hmm 
Exactly. Uh, the other thing about in Guildford news this week, Louis Figo was photographed there um, with an astronaut. With a who? Astronaut. <laughs> Excuse me? I, is that like an astronaut, only different? What? Astronaut? What, that's, a, that's the word? What have I said? Was he, was he on his way to the cup drawer at the supermarket? <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently his daughter studies in Guildford, which is a sort of small town in Surrey, just the uh, southwestern of uh, London. I didn't know you guys had ice hockey. Neither did I. It's not huge. Um, <laughs> I think there's some people that do like it, but um, it's on Premier Sports probably this weekend, actually, because there's no La Liga or Serie A, so there's probably no <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I sincerely hope that the people of Guildford threw a pig's head of Luis Figo. <gasps> and a full bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was anything in, that will hurt him. I was in Barcelona the week he did made that transfer. It was fantastic. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, it was it the end times. What are you talking about? <laughs> are we are we too late to talk about um, Suarez in the Barcelona match? I know it was last week, but I mm-hmm. didn't get to talk about it with Emma. Go on. Emma! Yes. Suarez in the Barcelona yeah. match. <laughs> Wasn't so he extraordinary? Oh my god! Oh my god! I, I, I like couldn't even make. I couldn't form words. I just made sound. <laughs> yeah, I think I think most people were like that. I mean, he, he, it, the the first touch for his second goal was amazing. amazing. It's like one of the best things I've ever seen him do. And then he doesn't like. He doesn't go crazy and celebrating. He's just like, okay, now we're gonna do it again. Like he, yeah. he, he just puts his head down and he's like, more. <laughs> yeah. And people have been getting, you know, really angry with him and frustrated with him in Barcelona because, you know, he's not had a great start to the season. He's, he was, you know, not so good for a lot of the first half. And then he does these extraordinary things. And like, Nobody shits on Messi the way they shit on Suarez. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like... He's still around because he's still an extraordinary world-class finisher. He's incredible. I love him. Thank you, Emma. I do. I do love him. I'm angry at him a lot of times, but I, I know. Him. But it's out of love. He just he cares so much. I know. And he's so good. I know. Like I know you're just as disappointed as we are. Yes. You. You're so sweet. <laughs> No, I know. Okay, I needed that. Thank you. That was really good therapy for me. That's okay. I've just been trying to practice how to say astronaut because you seem to laugh. <laughs> it was just a very, it was a very round O. And I really, I like that. What, like sort of like astronaut? You know what? It sounded like, um, like it's all for naught. So it's like either astro yes or astronaut. Oh, okay. Yes. Sorry. Uh, astronaut. <laughs> Is that better? Do you understand now? Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank oh, you. I appreciate it. I, uh, I did. That was my gaucho impression then. So. Yes, I knew. I, I knew. That's why I understood. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, excellent. Uh, right, should we talk about some actual football? Seeing as I've got my pages in probably the right order now. <laughs> football! <laughs> Yay! Yay. Um, there's been World Cup qualifying this week in, for 2022. Um, those those uh, lovely ladies saw Iran beat Cambodia 14-0. Uh they top their group. What else have we got? China beat Guam 7-0 and Syria beat the Maldives 2-1 in Group A. So China are, are top and Syria is second. Are we happy if Syria make a World Cup? 
we had this before, didn't we, Jesse? We did. We were a bit conflicted, weren't we? I know. Remember that great thread that you found? Yeah. Yes, that's right. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Australia beat Nepal 5-0. Uh, Uzbekistan beat Yemen 5-0. So hopefully your friend was happy. And what if Chandler Bing got to watch Yemen? Um <laughs> <laughs> Japan beat Mongolia 6-0 and Kyrgyzstan beat Myanmar 7-0 uh, and South Korea beat Sri Lanka 8-0 but next week they're going to play their neighbours to the north that'd be good wouldn't it because both teams are top on 6 points in their group in group H that'd be good where do they play that one? Oh, I don't know talk about Luis Suarez again for a minute oh okay <laughs> Um, yeah, it's going to be like that time at the the World Cup where a lot of the North Koreans went missing. That's, the why, I was that's why I wanted to know, yeah. It yeah. worked infection. Uh, I would seriously consider doing that, but at the same time, they get your family, don't they, if you do something as cheeky as that? Yeah, but I think, I, like Emma said, I think it happens every time. It used to happen with Cuba a lot yes. when they played here. <laughs> It doesn't say where, but it's, it says South Korea at home. Oh. So it says, oh, South, then... it says South Korea versus North Korea. It doesn't say where the game is being Then played. there'll be some missing North Koreans somewhere. Yeah. Do you think it'll take place on the DMZ? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. <laughs> well, these mines exploding the footballs everywhere. It actually is going to be on the International Space Station. That's the one, because that's, that's new territory. Sean Harvey refereeing in the background. <laughs> Uh, what else have we had? Right, there's been some friendlies this week as well. Germany 2, Argentina 2. Did anyone see any highlights from this? Yes. That was, this this and Brazil are where I know I'm a terrible person. Um, because I just really wanted Argentina to lose and then they had to bring in their two Lucases. Um, I don't understand Argentina. I, I just, they're such a mess. Uh, Otamendi and Rocco at the heart of defence isn't going to keep you a clean sheet, is it? I mean, Otamendi doing anything except for, like, telling you what barbershop to go to. Why is he there? Who thinks this is a good idea? I have so many questions. Uh, is there still a Mascarano-shaped hole in that defence? Is that why he's there? They've not replaced him yet. Uh, but he was... N- Otamendi. Nicholas Otamendi. I'm sure he's good at something. Maybe he makes good pasta. Maybe he's kind to kittens. Maybe he's a great rapper. I don't know, but putting him on a football pitch is never the right choice. Uh, no, well, um, Germany went to the look through uh, Serge Gnabry again and uh, Havertz, who scored uh, his first goal. Lucas Klosterman on the counter-attack on the right wing, um, providing an assist and an assist and a pass to um, set up the second goal. He was very good, wasn't he? But um, yeah. Their attacks came on the right, didn't they? And as soon as Argentina sorted that out in the second half, uh, Lucas Solari and Lucas Acampo got the two goals, didn't they? Yes, they did. <laughs> did you, <laughs> do you see this one, Emma? No, Chris, I hate international football. <laughs> I do. <did, do> <laughs> that was an unequivocal. I really do. It's so boring. <laughs> oh Is that because there's no Catalonia? Partly. Um, um, but I, also because, because um, um, it's really boring. I don't really want to watch Belgium beat San Marino 8-0. <laughs> I don't want to watch. I love San Marino and Andorra. 
I know, but you know what's going to happen. Well, sometimes animals sad for a goal, and that's so exciting for them. And also concede nine. (laughs) Well, surely if you feel fun, if you feel mucky cheering for Spain, couldn't you support either sort of Gibraltar or Andorra? Oh, I love support Gibraltar. They're British. No, but they have such a beautiful pitch. You could see the airport. Okay, you could have Uruguay. I'll share. Okay, I will adopt Uruguay. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> How did you feel between 2008 and 2012 with the Spanish football team? No, I didn't feel anything. I didn't mean, you? I was very, I was very proud of you know the fact that it was Catalans who were contributing more to the success of the team than anyone else. But it's not, it's not enough. It's, it's still, it's still. I don't know. It's kind of ingrained in me not to cheer for Spain. Okay, um, so you've never felt they're your team? No, never. I feel that at the U.S. I know it's a, it's different from Spain and Catalan, but it, I completely get that. The U.S. men play, and I actively root for them to lose. Why? Yeah, like in the World Cup in Russia, I was supporting Colombia. Oh, yeah, Taliana Vargas. I know why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I'll pick a random country and then just support them in the World Cup or the Euros because I, it's the only way I can make it interesting for myself. But the friendlies, the qualifiers, it's just a waste of time. So between 2008 and 2012, when you were sort of smashing everything before you. Who's we? Okay. When Spain was smashing everything before (laughs) them, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Apologies. So, so, yeah, in that four years, um, this, you, you'd obviously got one of the greatest club sides ever and contributing hugely towards one of the best international teams ever. Was there not a little uh-huh. bit of you that thought, yay, or were you only going no. yay for the four or five players that were there from Barcelona? Or Yeah, I was happy for Piquet and I was happy for, you know, Xavi and uh, happy for Iniesta because although not a Catalan, he was still representing Barcelona mm. and Catalonia, and I was happy for them um, that they that they get something out of it. Um, but yeah, not not for me. I don't. It's it's a it's a really weird thing. Like I'm watching them winning the World Cup, and I'm just like, oh, well, well, good for them. Look at them celebrate, and then turn it off. So, what was it like in? Barcelona the night that they won the World Cup then? Were there sort of cars pumping the horns and everyone jumping in the fountain? Or No, peaceful. None of that? No, none of that. Not that. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. No, sorry. I already asked you because I find that fascinating. <laughs> um, do you watch... I, mean, I think it's how weird. Many yeah. or how many places it's like that, you know, I think probably more than more than not. I mean, Spain, yes, with Catalonia and but also, you know, Chris, England must have, especially now, I mean, Ireland used to be, and, and maybe now as well. Did it did it always have two teams, Ireland? Uh, yes, it, well, yeah, um, <laughs> that's about 800 years of... Um, I, the south of Ireland has been independent since the early 1920s. Uh, the north of Ireland is still part of the United Kingdom. So... so... They've but always, ha- they've always had two teams. Oh, it, Great Britain has always had its four teams. So 
England, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. So there's always been a Northern Irish football team. Okay. So in like the World Cup, um, when England got to the semi-final? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, were Northern Irish fans happy about that? Were they celebrating? Were were people in Wales celebrating? Were uh, people in Scotland celebrating? Because, you know, it's still the United Kingdom, right? I imagine they were cheering the Croatian goals. Um, <laughs> as a nation, the English are, I think, universally unpopular, particularly on their own island, having spent the best part of a thousand years bopping the other sort of three or four nations on their heads with swords and arrows and guns so um but then you get someone like james mclean who is was born in northern ireland but identifies and plays for the republic of ireland and a lot of that has got to do with a sort of catholic and protestant thing which obviously goes back quite some time so uh, yeah i can i mean for james mclean imagine if northern ireland ever won an international trophy would he be happy or would he feel part of it i don't know so yeah no i I just found it interesting what you what you made of um of spain's success I mean, alternatively, Chris, if if Wales did well, you know, if England were not in competition, or or I don't want to jinx you, but if if England lost, right, and but Wales was still in competition, would you feel any sort of compatriotism or or root for them? God no, <laughs> no, but United. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, no, I take your point, Emma. Have you ever cheered for Argentina because of Messi? Is that an international team you follow at all? No, I just feel sorry for him that he has to deal with that. And yeah. he retired that time, but he just keeps going back. And Yeah, he keeps going back in time to play against Uruguay. It's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, that that woman who can't leave the horrible acts and but <laughs> going back for more and you know i just i just want to rescue him is this autobiographical at this, this point <laughs> i mean a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh fair enough uh okay other friend we had was uh brazil one senegal one bobby Firmino with a little little chip um and did did you uh i think from penalty won by sadia mane sadia mane sort of Bursting through the left-hand side with a wonderful run before he got knocked down. I did see that, though. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, much like his dive at the weekend. Ooh. Emma. That was good. <laughs> Meow. Do you think it was? Yeah, it's like you said it was, too, after you watched it. I think I did, yeah. <laughs> Yes, you you were a pillar of support for me for those two or three minutes when that penalty was I called. tried my best. <laughs> uh, okay, Neymar uh, got his 100th cap in this fixture, uh, 61 goals scored. He becomes the seventh Brazilian um, to reach that century mark. Who can name the other six? And you get extra points in order as well. Sorry? Are any of the other of them rapists? Or just Neymar? I don't know. If you can get any of these in order, I'll be um, equally impressed. Okay, he got a hundred goals. Hundred caps. Uh huh. Hundred caps. Okay. Um, Ronaldo, no. the the Brazilian. Nope. Really? Castle. Who'd you say? Castle. Cafu's top. One hundred and forty-two caps. <gasps> yeah. Am 
good job. You played in like four World Cups. <laughs> um, Pelé? No. What is still playing? Uh, uh, Roberto Carlos? No. Oh, Roberto Carlos is second, 125. I'm, I'm doing in order, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing very well. <laughs> Come on, th- player in third on the list is still playing. Okay, still playing. Oh, actually, oh, still oh. playing for Brazil. Until uh, very recently. Hair. I, I like him, but I don't like him. Emma, help me. Um, Plays in Spain. You like him, but you don't like him. Emma, you'll be very disappointed with yourself if you don't get this one. Plays in Spain, curly, curly, curly hair. Great hair. Great hair. Yep. But also, now I just want to be Marcelo because of curly hair. Not Marcelo. I know. No, I know. He's a fullback, though. Oh, Danny Alves? Danny Alves, 117 caps. Right, three to go. One is a central defender, one is a goalkeeper, one was a forward. You said was, is he dead? No, uh, sorry, retired. (laughs) 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 Is the goalkeeper Tafarel? Tafarel, yeah, he's fifth, 101 caps. Is he dead? Uh, He's not dead. Really? (laughs) He seems like he's around forever. Uh, Okay, one was a Inter Milan centre-back, one was a Real Madrid centre-forward. Manchester City centre forward as well. Hmm. <laughs> no, I just want to know. The centre back played for Inter Milan and Bayern Munich. Want to travel oh, with Jose? Oh, oh. Um, yeah. Um, remember that oh, night, Emma? Remember that semi final, Emma? Yeah. Robinho? <laughs> Robinho, yeah, he used to got really? hundred caps, yeah. So you got one more to get. Yeah, That's extraordinary. Yes, I would not have gotten that except that you said all those three clubs. Uh, so you... it's a um, Mycon. No, it's not Mycon. Oh, actually, um, I can't remember. Let me have a quick look, see what other teams he played for, because I can remember him playing for those two teams. I do in particular remember that night at the New Camp in the semi-final. I'm sure you do too. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> 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 why, why do you want me to relive my nightmares? What is wrong with you? That, I mean, that that whole coach journey because of the uh, ash was just, you know, wasted. Um, <laughs> oh God, that was a horrible time. It's not Ronaldinho. Nope. Now nah, he was always injured. Yeah, you he know, was. He was just there forever. Or he's in a nightclub somewhere. That's true. With his many, many wives. Yeah. Oh my God, he had loads of clubs. Uh, who did he play for? So, Internacional, by Leverkusen, by Munich, Inter Milan, Juventus, Sao Paulo, Palmeiras. Uh, played for Brazil 105 times. 105 times. War number three. <laughs> God, played, played in central defence alongside Walter Samuel, I think, on that night. Begins with L. Uh, Lucio. Yay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well done. Uh, right. <laughs> he basically spelled it for us. <laughs> I'm going to say, I He's never like, would have... I'm getting there. <laughs> I never would have got Robinho in a million years. I would not have gotten Robinho. You just said Manchester City and Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. 
I think we could have been going on forever with that one, but yeah. There were pretty big breadcrumbs to follow. <laughs> His game starts with L and rhymes with Bushio. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, Euro qualifiers for next year. So, uh, what have we had recently? So, British teams we had in Group C, Holland 3, Northern Ireland 1. Northern Ireland took the lead on 75 minutes thanks to uh, Matthias de Ligt having another brain fart as he seems to have had a few of those recently. Um, Memphis Depay in the score in the 80th, uh, Luke de Jong in the 91st, then Depay again in the 94th minute. Poor, 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 poor Northern Ireland. Yeah, apparently they had, uh, the Netherlands had 23% possession and then Ronald Coleman after the match said that he thought Northern Ireland were a terrible, terrible team. Yeah, Yeah. I saw that. He's honest. He's honest, yeah. Yeah, He might want to look at his own team first, (laughs) but, you know. Yeah, so I feel very sorry for them. So, um, coming up this weekend, Belarus are playing Holland and Estonia playing Germany. So, Holland and Germany are top on 12 points. Northern Ireland also on 12 points, but they've played a game more. Uh, Group E, Slovakia versus Wales. Um, Wales took the lead through Kiefer Moore, extra a city of Cornwall, Kiefer Moore. Um, Slovakia was 70% possession, they eventually pegged Wales back. Um, so that result leaves Wales fourth uh, in their group, and that's Group E. So Croatia are top on 13 points, Slovakia 10, Hungary 9. Um, Croatia actually beat Hungary uh, and play Wales again on Sunday. And then Wales fourth on seven points so ryan giggs's qualification uh, process isn't going very well i think that i think giggs out was trending on twitter last night mm, really mm. who else do they i mean who are they gonna get i don't know but an insight into giggs's managerial technique is last season someone asked him what he'd made of gareth bale's form in la liga um, and he said that he didn't have 11 sports so he's never watched la liga last season this is a man who earned tens of thousands of pounds a week as a player who didn't pay for a £50 subscription to watch his best player. <laughs> you would not have seen a lot of Gareth Bale, though. No, that's true. <laughs> a lot of Gareth Bale sat down with a towel over his legs. Yeah, just oh. angry and disappointed. Yeah. And bald. Bald? Balding. Is he? Is that why he's got that ponytail? Yeah. Oh, I never knew. Oh, you haven't seen the, like... People are so mean. They do the pictures of, like, zoomed in. Do they? Yeah. Poor Gareth. Zoomed in close enough to see someone eat some Pringles? No. No one needs that in their lives. Uh, Okay, Group I, Russia 4, Scotland 0. Now, you were asking earlier on about would I support teams if England weren't in it. Um, Scotland are the most wonderful team to loll at if uh, your team aren't doing very well. You can always rely on Scotland to do something terrible. Um... (laughs) I watched the highlights of this, uh, and I don't... were there highlights? Well, there were, <laughs> but I don't remember seeing any highlights towards the sort of Russian end of the goals. Uh, they were all taking the highlights were all taking place in the Scotland penalty area. Um, Dejubio scored two, uh, Ozdiov and Golovan scored one as each as well. Um, some good goals in this. All goals came in the second half. Um, just to give you an idea, Scotland uh, didn't have a shot till the seventy-fourth minute. No God. They have such good accents, though, you know? Oh, I really do. They're, they're really <laughs> nice people. Yeah. Yeah, they're all dead by about the time they're 40. They have to eat haggis. That's not fun for anyone. Yeah. I love Andy Murray. I love Andy Murray, too. He's such a great guy. 
Do you know there's a lot of people that don't like Andy Roddick because they think he's anti-English. I mean, he is, isn't he? No, well, it came from it came from a joke he made in 2006 before the World Cup. Um, someone was interviewing him and Tim Henman, um, and Tim and Andy Murray said, "I'm going to be wearing a Paraguay shirt and supporting everybody else who England uh, who plays England." And a lot of people lost their rag over this to the point where the journalist who gave the interview said he was joking. Uh, but a lot of people <laughs> still think he's anti-English. So um, I have a soft spot for him because uh, when he was a kid, he trained in Barcelona yes he did Tennis Academy and he's he has a soft spot for Barcelona apparently so you know, big fans of Andy Murray not he gets really great interviews too of course he's not Espanol Chris he's not a monster <laughs> <laughs> did anyone see the uh, speaking of good interviews anyone see the press conference where he was giving after the um after he played the game at the US Open and his mum Alex Ferguson and Sean Connery all turned up drunk <laughs> <laughs> The way you said it made it seem like his mom was Alex Ferguson, which I <laughs> The three of them turned up completely drunk, and Alex Ferguson turned around and sort of shouted at a load of bemused tennis journalists who didn't really know who he was. I'm not speaking to you guys. I never speak to you people. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Murray looked like the world. He just wanted this sort of ground beneath him to swallow him up. But yeah, the three of them turned up drunk to his press conference. If you That's can find amazing. it on YouTube, it's great. <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah, Wales play next on Sunday. They play San Marino, who did lose 9-0 to uh, Belgium, as Emma suggested. Um, Belgium are now top uh, of their group with 21 points. Then we go Russia, Cyprus, Kazakhstan, then Wales, all the way down in fifth place. Uh, so you can see why gigs out was trending. Um, group G, Latvia nil, Poland 3, Robert Lewandowski, hat-trick. Uh, Austria beat Israel 3-1, so Poland are top on 16, Austria on 13 points. Games coming up this weekend. England playing right now. I've got no idea how it's getting on, actually, because I'm so professional. They're losing to one. Are they? Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> well, they are as well. Um, 89 I minutes. lie about something like that, Chris. What? Well, Not uh, when it could disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Team Wales now. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> For the United Kingdom. Yeah. No, I'm going to be Team Catalonia. I'm going to join you. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, what else we've got? Group B is Portugal versus uh, Luxembourg and Ukraine versus Lithuania. Uh, Ukraine topped that group by five points ahead of Portugal. Um, And Iceland play France um, and Turkey play Albania. Um, Turkey are top on 15 points ahead of France on goal difference. Iceland on 12 points. Uh, But then Turkey and France play each other next week. So what else we've got? Group J uh, is this weekend. Italy play Greece, Bosnia play Finland. Italy are top by six points ahead of Finland. Here on 12 points. Group D is um, Ireland top on 11 points, then Denmark on 9, Switzerland on 8. So Georgia play Ireland and Denmark play Switzerland. And last, Group F, um, Spain, Emma, uh, 18 points, 7 clear of Sweden and then a point clear ahead of Romania. Um, Ferris play Romania, um, Malta play Sweden and Norway play Spain. Are we all Norway? Yes, I know that much. Okay. Go, go Norway. <laughs> uh, and finally, I don't know where this has been played, Jesse. Uh, Uruguay versus Peru. Jesse, I've got a Peru kit. Well, doesn't mean you have to wear it tonight. True. I've, got, I've genuinely got is one. It, my in-laws went. Is to... it the white one with the red sash? Yeah, it is. I've got three. Um, I got my in-laws went to Peru last year. And they brought me back uh, an Allianz Lima shirt, uh, a Cruzeiro, and a uh, white one with a sash that looked really good. Really good. Well, why don't you have a Uruguay kit? Uh, I don't have one. My in-laws haven't been to Uruguay. Well, there's their first mistake. 
And they're currently in Lake Como at the moment, so they're not doing too badly. Fancy. <laughs> uh, but you're right. Maybe I should put that right. I should get myself a, a Uruguay shirt with... I'll send you a Catalonia one. Yes, you should. Yeah. Yes. They're definitely well, we do have one. Yeah, we have a national team. I've written about the Catalonian national team. I wrote an article about how um, the Basque Country and Catalonia um, cheered for Spain in 2010 World Cup. And I did do a little bit about the Catalonian national team, so I can I can explain a few things to you there if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I can mansplain please, a few things please. to you there, yeah. Let, yeah. Me, tell, let me tell yeah. you how you should yeah. be feeling about your teams. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, okay, so any other business uh, anyone wants to mention before we sign off? No. Not that I can think of. <laughs> no. Okay. Go on, Jesse, give me a score for Uruguay Peru. No! <gasps> Jesse, chest in, shoulders out, deep breath. No, normally you say chest out. So, yes, chest in, hunched chest in. over. Hysterical. <laughs> say it. As long as nobody gets hurt, it'll be fine. Emma, can you say four? Um, Uruguay are going to win. 3-0. Three 3-0. Three I was going to say 2-0, so yeah, go on. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it, and I'll take no silly cards and no injuries. I'm asking a lot. This is your goal. I don't shut up. <laughs> Will you take a bit header going three feet over the bar by Cavani? Chris, again, why? Why? <laughs> no? Like, what? Why? If I get a Cavani Uruguay shirt, when I go to put it on, will it sort of fall on the floor or will it sort of end up going over my no, arms? No, it will be or... very, very, very tight. Your nipples will show because that's what happens when Cavani wears a shirt. Yeah, I'm <laughs> guessing my physical build is a bit different to Cavani's. <laughs> my Cavani... mom, who like, doesn't know anything about football, when there was a, a whole thing where they were the players were negotiating with Puma whether to change, and my mom just went, but their full show. Because it's the only thing she knows is that the shirts are so tight. Does Cavani's chest stick out further than his tummy? Cavani? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's where we're sort of the opposite way around, me and him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, guys, social media time. If they want to follow you, Emma, how do they do that? Uh, I am on Twitter at mgabrielgarcia. Okay, uh, Jesse, if they want to follow you. Um, I'm on Twitter at Jessie Loesch. Okay. Uh, you? Oh, they can follow me, uh, Rebecca. I think at Cetching seventy seven. Um, we are at Man on the Post as well. We are at Man on the Post on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also uh, give us a like on Facebook. Uh, there may be a podcast this weekend with Chris and Dave to talk about um, the games that we've been reviewing here towards the end and see how <laughs> talk about how England got on. That should be fun. Um, <laughs> If you like, you can rate reviewers and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or anywhere else. Uh, you can follow, subscribe, like, picture on Acast, Apple Podcasts, uh, and Spotify as well. They all fall automatically into your inbox. Right, guys, uh, girls, thank you ever so much. Thank You're you. Welcome. And always remember to keep your on the post.